As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. As the credits roll, everyone in the theater stays in their seat, knowing full well that the post credit scene is just mere moments away. As the screen lights up, Black Adam and Superman stand toe-to-toe, yoked frame to yoked frame. The mutual respect is palpable. It is then that Teth Adam is slapped aside and far away from this frame. Confused, Superman looks over as MCU Thor takes Adam's place before him. Looks like this is your last chance to make this happen, S-Man. Thor blusters. Let's see who is the strongest of them all right now. Superman stops and considers before turning his head and with an, all right then, this epic battle will finally see a winner. It's Clark Kent versus Donald Blake. It's Man of Steel versus God of Thunder. It's DCEU Superman versus MCU Thor. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stekanis. Legion of Audience, Season 5 of the Who Would Win show, brings to you a matchup that the world would love to see as a live-action crossover film event. In one corner, you have the most recent version, of the cinematic version, I should say, of Superman, portrayed by the hugely popular Henry Cavill versus Marvel's ultimate powerhouse, at least in my opinion, Thor, portrayed by Chris Helmsworth. 
As usual, I did the patent who would win Google test and who am I kidding? Millions of people have talked about this. This thing has been debated nonstop. And of course, like all these debates you see online, never has there been a conclusion successfully been brought to you for this matchup until today. You are welcome, Legion of Audience. With all that being said, Ray, what are your thoughts in today's matchup? I'm excited for season five. I'm excited to be part of the Who Would Win show. And I'm excited for this. It's not September, right? Battle on the show to opens. Let's open with a banger. That's what I'm saying. Let's open with a real banger. Obviously, MCU Thor versus DC EU Superman uh, has been talked about uh, for generations, even before these characters existed. The 1800s probably had this conversation. I just assume. The point I'm trying to make is maybe we make a Squadron Supreme movie now that Henry Cavill has some free time. We cast him as Hyperion. We get this battle in real life. Listen, Henry Cavill as Hyperion is a great idea. Henry Cavill as Captain Britain is a great idea. Henry Cavill as a superhero, possibly even a supervillain, is a great. We just love Henry Cavill. He's fantastic. Not to take away from Chris Helmsworth, who is absolutely killing it as Thor. Just two great actors portraying two great characters. Everything is great. This is what we do for the Who Would Win show. We bring you great stuff. Now, now, Ray, isn't it really funny, James? Because I think back, people hated Henry Cavill as Superman. People were like up oh, yeah. in arms talking about how he was doing a bad job. We don't care for him. This guy is all wrong for Superman. He, quote unquote, can't act. And then he comes out as the Witcher, as uh, Geralt of Rivia. And, and dominates so hard and is so good, everybody changed their minds about him as Superman. I just think it's crazy how the people's whims change on a fancy. Look, when the, when, when people see a character, you know, and they, they think live action Superman, of course you're thinking of Christopher Reeves and, you know, the different iterations. But when Henry Cavill first came out, it was so typical. It was so typical, Ray, exactly what you said. People were reminiscing about the good old days of Superman live action and what they were missing. And then those people, the new fans of Henry Cavill, became the people who are reminiscing about Henry Cavill 10, 12 years ago. The cycle just repeats itself. With that being said, you can't argue with results. And, you know, just one thing I want to bring up, and this is something Ray and I know a lot about the entertainment industry. Ray knows a ton of people. I know a ton of people. There's been a lot of, I just got to say this, Ray, there's been a lot of unfair hate thrown at James Gunn because people are thinking it's James Gunn's decision not to have Henry Cavill in the DCEU, or now known as the DCU. Ray, you got to agree with me on this. It's not James Gunn's decision. He would love to have Henry Cavill continue on Superman. It's pretty obvious all this comes down to one thing, namely money. And the heads of Warner Brothers, I'm sure of it, said, hey, we can make more money by doing something else outside of using Henry Cavill. That's why we're doing it. Do you agree or disagree? James Gunn is one of the most talented (laughs) entertainer artists of our generation. Look, I go back to when Thank you. Uh, he he made what he made Slither, one of the most iconic uh, schlock horror films of all time. Obviously, he made The Guardians of the Galaxy, a, a team of people we didn't know or care about. We cared about every single one of them almost immediately the second they hit the screen. That's James Gunn. James Gunn made The Suicide Squad and Peacemakers. Like J- everything James Gunn does is brilliant because he's a very very talented director, writer, etc. So I am excited. You know, I'm a big Marvel fan. I want to be a big DC fan. And sometimes you got to blow it up. Sometimes you, when you walk in the door, you got to say, we got to listen, none of this is working. That's why I'm here. So let's go ahead and let's uh, do my version of it. And, and unfortunately that makes certain decisions have to happen. 
Henry Cavill among them. So I don't know if it was above him, if it was James Gunn himself, if he just said, I need to start over with some from scratch, even though we have some very talented people, you know, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa as Aquaman, you know, there's some very talented people, but if you're starting from scratch, you're starting new, you got to blow it up sometime. I can't believe I'm agreeing with you on everything you're saying, but uh, I've been meaning to say this for a while. I think, I believe that if Black Adam wasn't a film, if Black Adam was an HBO Max series with a lower budget, with more time to tell a great story, I don't think we'd be in the actual, you know, Zack Snyder being destroyed or his universe being destroyed kind of situation we're in right now. That's just my personal belief. I think too much was put in that film. I loved it, by the way, but that's just where we are. All that's good. All I'm going to say is James Gunn is a genius. Can't wait to see what he does with the DC universe. Can't wait to love it. Now, with that being said, we have a judge coming on the show who's going to have a definite opinion about all of this. Coming back for another episode of Who Would Win, it's podcaster extraordinaire and fan favorite judge. It's Robert Clark Chan. Robert, welcome back to Who Would Win. Hey, what's going on, y'all? You are a man of many talents and tastes. According to Rotten Tomatoes, you are certified fresh. Justin Trudeau has stated that you are the only one who can finally unify the Autobots and Decepticons, and Costco has listed you as their top-selling product of 1998, 2023, and 2077. You, sir, are quite extraordinary. With that being said, what's your whole opinion on this James Gunn situation with Henry Cavill, Cavill as Superman no more, et cetera, et cetera, with the DCU? Here's, here's the thing, and why I think this matchup in particular is going to be interesting is I have close to zero experience with the Snyderverse. Uh, Zack Snyder turned me off like early on, and so I just, I've never watched any of uh, the uh, Snyder movies, uh, DC movies, so I don't really know anything about him. And you're going to have to, I'm, you're, I'm going to have to trust that you present him in a, a really good light because. I don't have anything to bring to this. Thor, I, I like it. I mean, Taika Waititi has uh, just done great things for him. We'll see. I, I love Henry Cavill. He's great. You know, I love all of the actors. Now, Robert, here's the thing. You do a lot of great stuff. Tell the Legion of Audience what you've been up to with all of your great podcasting. I mean, here's the thing. I do a lot of great podcasts. Knowing it's half the podcast, obviously, the cartoon podcast, AE Doubleback. I believe we're going to be going to uh, the live show in uh, Los Angeles real, real soon. So that'll, that'll be exciting. Maybe we'll podcast from the car, which was never a good idea, but which we've <laughs> done a couple times and is, is great fun for all parties involved. Uh, but really what I'm here for... As uh, many people may or may not know, I do some adjunct work here on the Who Would Win show. I do Thunderdome uh, down there in the uh, Patreon. Uh, you should go check that out at patreon.com slash show. Is that right? Lots of fun bonus content down there. I am starting up the Who Would Win Fantasy League. We got a lot of people what here claiming. What is that? to be the smartest person in the Legion of Audience, and now we're going to prove it. We are going to prove it uh, just in the just like uh, fantasy football people do. Every week, people are going to be uh, uh, voting on how, uh, who they think is going to win the match, and we're going to keep tabs on it, and we're going to find out who actually uh, is right most often. It'll be great. We'll be announcing it on the show. We'll be handing out uh, prizes, giving shout-outs, and all sorts of really fun stuff. So you can email uh, www.fantasyleague at gmail.com for more info about that or go check out the Twitter. Hot dog. Interesting. 
I'm loving this. I'm loving this because, uh, yeah, our fans are insanely involved. And now this is just another way to kind of uh, get them into our community. This is going to be fantastic. All right. What a way to kick off season five. We've got a great judge. we got great characters. We're repping. Ray is here. I'm here. Let's get this party started. Ray, do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing the DCEU, the hero who ended up just under the gun, DCEU Superman. And representing the MCU, the god who would never pass up a trip to the hammer barn, MCU's Thor. Well done, Ray. Using air quotes as I say that. Before we go any further, let's go. Hold over the- on. Did you just did you just throw in a bluey reference? I may have just thrown in a bluey reference to start season five of the Who Would Win show. Wow. Wow. All right. No. Just wanted just wanted to note that. Please carry on. Uh, here we go. All right. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one: Each debater will make three points. Rule number two: The Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three. The debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Look, we've already done this in the intro of the show. We are using the characters of DCEU Superman versus the MCU version of Thor. Rule number four, debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto at any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch right now. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And now let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for the MCU Thor. MCU Thor is an Asgardian prince, son of Odin, and mainstay of the team, the Avengers. The character first appeared in Journey into Mystery, number 83, back in 1962 in Marvel Comics, with the MCU version coming to us all in the movie Thor in 2011. Thor, of course, is played by Chris Hemsworth. Having appeared in nine movies, Thor is one of the most well-known of the Avengers. His four solo movies are also more than any other MCU character through 2022. Despite his first two movies being seen as lackluster, his reinvention under Taika Waititi has put him front and center of relevance ever since Thor Ragnarok. The God of Thunder has tangled with all the upper-tier MCU villains and come out on top each and every time. Fun fact, the casting of Thor was very important to the franchise, obviously, and Marvel did their due diligence with the role. Chris Hemsworth was actually passed on early in the process, allowing for other actors to get a look. Those actors included Joel Kinnaman, Alexander Skarsgård, Tom Hiddleston, believe it or not, Chris's brother Liam Hemsworth, and even WWE star Triple H. Yes, Triple H was considered for Thor. But after working with future Avengers director Joss Whedon in Cabin in the Woods, Whedon knew that Chris was the guy and insisted he get another audition, and then also coached him up for said audition, leading to him getting the role, and I think it was the right call. So good work, everyone, there. That is MCU's Thor. Well done right now. Here are the details for the Henry Cavill version of Superman. Now, Superman debuted in Action Comics number one in 1938. was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. The live-action version of Superman that we're talking about, portrayed by Henry Cavill, first appeared in the film Man of Steel back in 2013. Superman is known for being the first superhero of popular culture. Born on the doomed planet Krypton, Superman, also known as Kal-El, escaped its destruction as an infant thanks to his father Jor-El, sent him to Earth. Once there, the Earth's lower gravity and yellow sun gave Kal-El his incredible superpowers. Yada, 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 all that kind of is good. However, in the DCE version, Clark Kent struggled with his identity in this, with his powers despite being treated as a god by some of Earth's citizens. Clark Kent, as Superman, was riddled with conflict in how to display his powers without being labeled a freak and dealing with the aftermath of traumatic events from his life, but is forced out of his comfort zone with the arrival of General Zod on Earth, the battle with Batman, and then Doomsday, his temporary death, and then his resurrection. All in all, it's a pretty cool character. And here's an interesting fact about Superman. Do you know that most Superman love interests are initialed LL? It's true. In the comic book universe, Superman rarely falls for anyone not initialed LL. Lois Lane has been around since Action Comics number one. Competing with her for Superman's affections are Le Lana Lang, his high school sweetheart from Smallville, Kansas, Lori Lamaris, a mermaid he dates while attending Metropolis University, and Lila Lerrell, an actress from Krypton, who meets him when he travels back in time before the planet's destruction. Numerous other supporting characters also have the initials LL, including Lex Luthor, Lucy Lane, who is Lois Lane's sister, and Linda Lee, Supergirl's secret identity. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Robert, do you have any questions before we get started? I'm sorry, what was the question? All right, Ray, let's kick off season five the right way. Go ahead and hit us with point number one. 
Point number one for MCU Thor. Let's talk about the weapons, the hammer. Superman, most iconically, brings his fists, brings his kicking, his throwing, his flying, doesn't really bring any weapons. And an unarmed guy against an armed guy, you gotta look at the armed guy, especially when he's bringing a combination of weapons like MCU Thor has in Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, two of the most powerful weapons in cinematic history. Just off the base, baseline Thor pre-awakening, he was shattering frost giants. Like he hits a frost giant with Mjolnir, that frost giant flies away, leaving shards of frost and ice just in the sky around him as he goes, just absolutely destroying them. He uses Mjolnir very, very creatively, especially in some of the earlier films. He obviously spins it really, really fast and then launches it forward in order to fly, but he also can change direction and sort of fly however he wants to using that technique that he's perfected over a very long period of time. I've seen him spin it at the ground in order to shoot gravel and earth at his opponents to distract, upset, and blind them. And, and it's a wonderful kind of misdirection technique to kind of mess with somebody. But he's also thrown it. He throws the hammer, obviously, and it goes through multiple opponents before coming back whenever he wants it, wants it to. And then I love it. Sometimes he pulls his hand back to then hit people behind him like it's a little fake out move. And he's just all about having perfect handling of his weapons. And this weapon can go through everything. Let's not forget when he saw Loki, a god, who was mimicking Odin, another god, and threw the hammer and then put his hand behind Loki's head and basically said, I know you're a god, but this hammer is going to go through your head in order to get back to my hand. And Loki gave up the goat, gave up the game at that point because he did not want to see what would happen. So what happens when he does that exact same move to a weaker version of Superman in the DCEU Superman, that hammer would go through his head, ending this fight immediately. And it's not like Thor is against threatening that. We've seen him do it. And it's not like we've seen Thor show mercy on a battlefield, have we? We have not. He's killing people, shattering their bones right and left while laughing and having a good time with it. Does not have the same hangups, generally speaking, that Superman has. I've also seen him spin the hammer to create a tornado and then take his opponents off balance and then fight in the tornado where he has the advantage. But other ways to use it, he hit Captain America's shield to create a giant shockwave which went through Hydra troops and vehicles. He's also a very, very talented fighter with it. Now, Superman, very traditionally, is a poor fighter. He relies on the fact that he's stronger and faster, and that's it. And if you've seen him in the movie version, he clearly has not had the training that the comic book version has had, that he's just throwing lazy punches and missing a whole heck of a lot. Or he grabs somebody and throws them through a building or pushes them through a building with his flight. That's all Superman does. It's not particularly graceful. Meanwhile, Thor is practically dancing around the battlefield, doing jumps and spins and moves and getting underneath things. Remember when he knocked the Hulk real, real hard with it in the Avengers movie while dodging a punch of his own? He's incredible with that thing. Uh, last things to mention, he brought down one of those flying behemoths in the adventure in the Avengers movie by hitting it in the back with it, driving it into what the train station. And he also broke out of that cage that was designed to hold the Hulk. He used Mjolnir to shatter his way out of that cage before it fell to earth with these weapons. He's too much. 
And that's just where I'm starting as my point number one. Look, there's no debating that Thor is great with Mjolnir and Stormbreaker and what have you. And he's he's actually not just great with it. He's so fun to watch when he's using it. But here's the thing. I got to push back on a lot of this. Uh, with Mjolnir, Thor's not a great flyer. He can go in a certain direction, but he's not going up in the air, stopping, moving through the air in a different direction, changing direction again. Going, He's not a great flyer. He can get propelled through the air using Mjolnir, but it's usually through a straight line or straight up or what have you. He's a better jumper than he is an actual flyer, which, again, is something he can't do. Oh, but Superman can. Let's talk about this. Mjolnir, you said Mjolnir uh, can go through anything. He couldn't. Mjolnir could not go through Iron Man's armor, even the first Avengers movie. And very, very likely to see that Superman, even in his base form, never mind his more powerful form, which we'll talk about more later, is way more durable than Iron Man's armor. Again, Thanos was able to puncture it using part of, you know, Iron Man's armor. He tore off him in Avengers uh, Infinity War and stabbed him through it. This is something that Mjolnir couldn't get through. This is not going to be something that's going to hurt Superman the same way, not even close. The DCU version of Superman, insanely powerful version of Superman. I'll get more into that later. And on top of this, Superman's actually a pretty good fighter. And keep in mind, to hit to hurt someone, you got to be able to hit them. And Thor isn't great, doesn't have a great track record going up against super speedsters. We saw that in Avengers, um, the second Avengers movie, uh, where he's trying to fight, hit Quicksilver, and he couldn't do it with Mjolnir because Quicksilver was just too fast. Superman moves, moves way faster than that. Now, all that's great. Let me get to my point number one. And my point number one, I'm just going to call this powers. Look, we all know about Superman's base powers. Okay, I'm not going to go into great detail about this. But let's go examine how his powers relate to the Henry Cavill version of Superman in the DCEU. Now, his super strength is described as immeasurable. Think about that for a second. So he's got incredible strength feats and all that kind of stuff. We've, we've seen it in the DC universe. You know, he's pulling that huge, massive mega ship that weighs hundreds of thousands, you know, probably thousands of tons. And he's just pulling it through what looks like the ice pole, uh, North Pole. That's cool. Um, but he's actually shifted a tectonic plate to stop an earthquake. We saw that as a headline in the newspapers that was to establish how strong he is. Now, by the way, again, that is the weaker version of Superman because there is a more powerful version I'll be getting to later. Now, Superman's body is virtually indestructible. We've seen this before, whether it's exposure to the vacuum out of space, falling from great heights and a high-speed collision with a mountaintop with an injury. We've seen it all before. High-caliber bullets bounce off of them, artillery, anti-tank depleted uranium rounds, maverick missiles. They all have no effect. That's pretty cool. But he's also got a healing factor. Remember, he was able to recover from his corpse-like state from being hit by a nuclear missile in space, and he recovered in moments. Uh, he's got super um, speed that's capable of moving at a level of speed close to the Flash. We saw that in the Justice League movie. He's got superhuman reflexes that are so powerful. He was able to stop Wonder Woman from clashing her bracelets together. He dodged all of Steppenwolf's attacks in Justice League. He was able to perceive and react to the Flash's incoming attack, despite, you know, at the same time battling Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Cyborg. He's got superhuman stamina where he never grows tired. When he fought Doomsday, he kept going full blast without getting tired. He can fly. He can fly fast enough to allow him to circle the world in moments. That's a fact. He's got super breath. He can create super powerful winds. He's got Arctic breath. I love this. He can create super intense cold. We saw this when he froze Steppenwolf's axe in Justice League and just tapped it and broke it. Very cool. He's also got a hypersonic dream. Now, this is cool. In The Man of Steel, when he was a child, he screamed really loud and kind of destroyed, uh, uh, you know, glass objects, ceramic objects, a little you know, in a big area of Smallville, Kansas. As an adult, his screams are much more powerful. Just a cool thing. Now, his heat vision, this is actually really cool. He's got the telescopic vision. He's got the extra vision, but the heat vision is going to be a big key here. Now, his heat vision is able to cut through Kryptonian metal. Now, why is that important? Because according to the Zack Snyder DCU stuff he was doing, Kryptonian metal can withstand temperatures of over 3.5 million degrees Celsius, 
which is three times hotter than the hottest part of the sun. And that's something that Superman, especially in the more powerful version of Superman that we saw in the Justice League movie, is able to do. This isn't just heat vision, you know, that hits. This is stuff that can burn through and is just as hot as the center of the sun. That will absolutely hurt Thor. This is not a weak version of Superman by any means. This is a version that Zack Snyder said, let's give this person a lot of ammunition and just show everyone how powerful Superman really is. That is my point number one. You know, you say a lot of things about the heat vision. You say it's as hot as the sun, but the reality is in the movies, the actual times he used the heat vision, it clearly was not. You can say one thing, but the proof is that he hit Cyborg when he was being mind-controlled with the heat vision, and Cyborg just holding up a thing easily deflected it aside, and it hit a car behind it, which didn't even, like, blow up, you know? he, he His strength, he's so strong. He threw a big chunk of concrete at Wonder Woman, who sliced through it, effectively destroying it, without even, like, getting pushed backwards even a little bit. That's the whole thing, is he's theoretically powerful. But when you see him in these fights, when you see him actually use these actual powers, it doesn't add up that it's as powerful as you're claiming that it does. And let's not forget at the end of the day, MCU Thor has never died in any of his films, but Superman played by Henry Cavill absolutely has. Uh, all good stuff. We're going into this point number one with Ray. All right, uh, Robert Clark Chan, you've heard points one from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? Uh, this is pretty interesting. Uh, they're both obviously really strong, and the uh, movie versions of them are weaker than their comic book versions. But, uh, I mean, in this round one, it, what it comes down to is uh, Thor is real strong. Uh, Superman has so many different powers, though. He's got a, a variety of powers, and, you know, if we're stopping it right here, I would say that uh, Superman takes it because, you know, there's he, he's got, he can hit so many different ways, and uh, Thor can just hit one. Better fighter, so, you know, this is not a, a runaway uh, a win by any stretch of the imagination, but as it is now, I'm leaning a little bit more Superman. Interesting. Most judges at point number one say it's kind of a push, you know, we're just feeling each other out. But you, Robert Clark Chan, are actually saying, okay, Superman's got a slight lead. And that's interesting because I don't play those games. I, I love it. I love it. This is exactly how I want to start off season five. All right, Ray, I know you got more, you know, in your back pocket with tricks and all this good stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two. We have to talk about actual things that happened in the actual movies. We're not playing theory hammer here. We're bringing up feats. And when you look at the battles and you look at how they fight and who they have fought, boy, Thor's resume is so much more impressive than Henry Cavill's Superman. First off, you can claim that he's a great fighter all you want to, James. My eyes do not deceive me when I watch these fights. I watched all the Superman Henry Cavill fights and use of his powers. I watched all of it to prepare for this fight. It was a long, long video compilation. And let me tell you, I fell asleep three times during it. Why? Because when he fights, he punch, punch, grabs, throws, jumps in the air, flies through a guy, and then punches him again. Thor has just an elaborate number of moves that he can pull from that Superman couldn't even dream of. Because again, this one is lazy and untrained in his fighting. Also, Superman holds back because if he has the power that you says he does, and we are not ever seeing it actually happen, 
That means that he's not actually using the power, so what does it matter? Thor clearly does not. We saw him in that opening battle of Love and Thunder, just rolling through an entire battlefield single-handedly while the Guardians of the Galaxy roll their eyes at his showboating and is having fun whooping up on people who are clearly never going to touch him in any good way. And the heat vision. You think the heat vision is like a sun? I disagree completely. I've seen him use the heat vision and just push people backwards slightly, have it easily deflected by objects, and it just having it just not really do a whole heck of a lot. I would make the argument that Homelander from The Boys has better heat vision than Henry Cavill's Superman because I've actually seen that cut people in half and blow up buildings. I haven't seen Henry Cavill's heat vision do anything close to that, even close. Thor, on the other hand, let's talk about who he has fought because who has Henry Cavill Superman really fought? He fought Doomsday and died. He fought Batman and got his butt handed to him by a bat with no powers. Are you kidding me right now? He fought the entire Justice League and held them off as they were getting hits on him repeatedly. Not a big deal at the end of the day. Meanwhile, Thor has one shot Frost Giants. One shot a giant rock guy. Remember that Korg looking guy? He just turned him into rubble. He one shot a bunch of Ultron's clones. No problem. He killed Thanos in Avengers Endgame. He cut his head off. He cut his head off of Thanos. Where does Superman do anything close to that in his battles? He beat Gore the God Butcher. He beat the Destroyer. He's beaten Loki many times. He defeated Surtur and his entire army at the beginning of Thor Ragnarok by himself at once. And let's not forget maybe one of his most impressive feats, defeating the Hulk in the arena in Thor Ragnarok. Now, he wasn't able to finish him off but he, he took some good hits from the Hulk, who's very strong and very, very fast, and that was not enough to keep him down. He got up very, very quickly from every hit, and only at one point, I think, suffered maybe a slightly bloody nose, but never really showed the impacts of getting hit by a very potent version of the Hulk. And at the end of the day, he beat that Hulk, didn't he? And he was stopped from finishing him off by the obedience disc that was weakening him in his neck that zapped him down for plot reasons. At the end of the day, Thor is a better fighter. He is as strong as this version of Superman, but he has weapons and he has a variety of creative ways. He might not have this number of powers, but he has the creativity to use what he has in creative ways and just get it done. Thor will get hit from surprise cheap hits. I haven't seen Cavill's Superman deliver the type of cheap surprise hits that Thor has taken in his movies. And even if he found a way, he bounces back too fast from him. And that's my point number two. Wow, Ray Sicanus jumping in with the nonsense immediately, you know, in season in the first episode of season five. All right, let me push back a little bit. First of all, how dare you say that Superman's fights are boring in the DCEU? Listen, if you've never been in a fight before, you're thinking things are gonna be like bigger, better, and a swing of an axe and be a lot like the Thor Love and Thunder opening sequence, which by the way was really entertaining, but kind of comical and, and cartoonish a little bit. You gotta agree with that. That's just not how it's going to work when a Superman movie. He's a little bit more serious that when he comes to fighting. No, he's beat General Zod. Yeah, we call it fun, James. We call it fun, unlike a DCEU Superman fight. I wish Thor Love and Thunder was as fun as it was made out to be. It, I still liked it. I just wish it was a little bit more. Anyway, more on that later. Very All right, fun. listen. Superman fought General Zod, who was an expert fighter, and beat him, snapped his neck. That's a pretty good win. Uh, the Heat Vision in the Justice League took off. Steppenwolf, the main villain's uh, horn that he has growing out of his head, that's kind of a big deal. And I'll tell you why Steppenwolf is such an insane 
powerful opponent that Superman toyed with in my next point. And this all kind of makes sense. Now, the thing is, when he fought Batman, he wasn't trying to fight Batman. Now, Robert Clark Chan, let me just paint a picture. You know, uh, Superman had just learned from Lex Luthor that Lex Luthor had his mom hold hostage and said, unless you kill Batman, you know, your mom's gone. He goes to see Batman. And he's like, Batman, I need your help. Batman's like, screw this. I'm using kryptonite. Superman's like, I know, please just listen to me. Da, da, da. Batman's trying to kill Superman. Superman's trying to reason with Batman. Wasn't really a fight. But even after that and weakened by kryptonite, he still took on Doomsday and beat Doomsday even though he Doomsday put a killing blow on Superman and Superman used weakened by Kryptonite. This is a warrior. This is someone who's an insanely good fighter and just doesn't give up and will give it its all to win the fight. Look, uh, in terms of Avengers Endgame, when Thor took off uh, Thanos' head, yeah, Thanos had already used Snap, the Infinity Gauntlet, twice, and that weakened someone tremendously. And Thanos was like, I've already won. I don't care. Do what you must. Do what you will. I'm good. I accomplished everything I wanted to. That's when Thor took off his head. It wasn't against a great prime Thanos. It was when Thanos was already down. Now, all of this is good, but let me get to my point number two. And in point number two, I just want to do a straight comparison between these two, right? Because this is a good way to see how they directly stack up. Now, in the Justice League movie, Superman reacted to the Flash, who was moving at super speed. Uh, he was going 75% light speed. We know he was going 75% light speed because he was blue shifting, is which is what you do when you get past, evidently, 75% speed of light. That's something that Zack Snyder talked about and wanted the audience to notice. So as he's moving, Superman's able to kind of almost match that speed, which is really crazy, and the rest of the Justice League couldn't. Couldn't even notice the Flash was moving. Now, Thor's best reaction feat is probably reacting to, you know, when Hela, uh, Hela used her blades or the Destroyer kind of armor in the first Thor movie. You know, through beams on him, he's dodging him. And none of those are even close to one-tenth of light speed, just putting that out there. On top of that, in the Justice League movie, we see Superman was able to easily voice Steppenwolf slash as everyone just moves slower and to Superman in the I'm moving in slow motion, but my slow motion is faster than everyone else's slow motion, therefore I'm moving at super speed kind of thing. Thor has never done that. That's actually really, really interesting. In terms of speed, Superman flies from ground to low orbit in a few seconds. In terms of overall power, Batman believes that Superman has the power to easily wipe out all of humanity. In terms of durability, Batman says he's tougher than a planet and his cells cannot decay. It's hard to even cut Superman. Every part of him is super durable. But in Thor Ragnarok, Thor, remember, the god of thunder who can summon lightning and control it, is captured by an electrified net. Then is tased. The god of thunder and can command lightning is tased by that, you know, that disc that is thrown into his neck. And, and then he's held captive by two bracelets that magnetize themselves to the arm of the cherry sitting, and he's unable to really break loose. How is this even possible? This is the God of Thunder. This is Thor we're talking about. This is crazy. And then to make matters even more interesting, Thor proceeds to get his hair cut by uh, Stan Lee, a character Stan Lee's playing anyway, with that really weird buzzer haircut thing that looks crazy. And Thor is screaming in absolute fear when Stan Lee approaches him with the space age uh, hair shears, screaming terror at the prospect of his hair getting cut. But what threw me even more, this is kind of cool, is the fact that Thor's hair could even get cut. Why is that important? Because in Superman lore, every part of Superman is insanely durable, even his hair. It takes insane amount, insane amount of power just to cut a Superman's hair. Never mind do that to a god like Thor. That's actually talked about in the Thor comic books. And yet, his hair is easily cut. He's tased. He's held captive by these bands. This is just really inconsistent power levels within the MCU. That's actually been something I've not been crazy about, just putting that out there. Now let's talk stamina. Thor gets tired, which we saw in the Avengers Endgame at the end where he's worn out from the battle. At the end of the Justice League movie, in the Man of Steel, after Superman was in big battles, he was fine, which means Superman can last much longer in a fight 
at peak levels than Thor can. By the way, when Superman is hit by sunlight, he doesn't just recover faster, he powers back up immediately. Let's talk about combat. Thor is a god, of, literally a god of combat. He's been around for, what, 1,500 years? He knows how to fight like a master. This guy is great. I wonder if someone's actually, Superman's actually experienced against fighting someone who has more experience than Thor, and he has, and that was Steppenwolf. Now, Steppenwolf, the main bad villain of Justice League, is over 5,000 years old, has been fighting superpower beings, gods, and beings like Doomsday, another Doomsday, for thousands of years. And that fighting experience served him well. Like He took on Cyborg, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Batman, and The Flash all at the same time, and was kind of dominating them whenever they fought. And then whenever he came to Superman, couldn't lay a finger on him. Why? Superman was wearing his punches, knew what was coming, and also used his super speed. Now, when Super Steppenwolf tried to fight Superman, all those thousands of years of fighting against the most powerful beings in the universe didn't serve him that well. Why? Well, I'll talk about that in my next point. All of that is my point number two. I mean, Superman's done a few things, I suppose, but I just laid out an entire list of all these top-level characters and gods that Thor has poured through, and you kind of got, well, he beat General Zod, who is a weaker version of himself, you know, I guess. Th that's great, I, I suppose. None of it really seems to match up, though. I've got a lot of quantity with a lot of quality. You've got a couple examples. I mean, you talked about the heat vision with Steppenwolf. By the time he was able to pull off that heat vision, burn off the horn move, Steppenwolf was already defeated and was basically a husk. But then you turn around and say, oh, but that win over Thanos doesn't mean anything because he was already defeated and kind of a husk. Well, James, you have to pick a lane and stay in it. Steppenwolf and Thanos at those respective points were both defeated men. So I guess it's a push according to you at the end of the day, but I have like five times the examples that you do. And you talked about the, the, the thing with the razor pulling him. Well, Stan Lee, as we all know, was one of the watchers, which is a cosmic, you know, level alien race. So of course his clippers were going to pull that off. He is a very powerful individual in the MCU. And I don't even think that can be argued at this point. At the end of the day, there's one huge weakness in the, uh, that I see that puts Thor over the top of Superman and that it's, his mother's name is Frigga. It's not Martha. So there will be, unfortunately, nothing that Superman has as he's being defeated to make him stop. That was a mouthful. All right. <laughs> and we're at the turning point where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Robert tell us who, tells us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Robert has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today's patron is a brand new one who came in to the Patreon uh, deal right before the end of the new year. So we're going to talk about Michael W., a brand new patron. Welcome to Patreon, Michael W. Oh, wow. Okay. Michael W., you sound kind of mysterious. Let's give you a partner or an opponent, I should say, that's equally as mysterious. And it's well known to Ray. Let's have Michael W. go up against Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. Boy, Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. That is a very, very tall order. Snake Eyes obviously got to a draw on the Fortnite Island with Batman. But Michael W. brings a lot of mysteriousness in with him. Now, Snake Eyes famously does not talk. He has, uh, well, Deadpool stole his weapons. Let's just go ahead and say it. The Uzi and the Katana. That's a Snake Eyes thing that uh, Deadpool aped. Uh, years down the line. Now, Michael W. is going to be on some kind of a ninja mission. This is an assassination attempt. This is not a one-on-one -on -one fair battle. And that's where the mysterious nature of Michael W. comes into play. If Snake Eyes knows you're coming, much like in our battle, Snake Eyes versus John Wick, 
John Wick's going to be in rough shape because Snake Eyes has that training, that ninja training, that hide from plain sight. But that's where Michael W. himself hides from plain sight. Snake Eyes tries to hide, and then in classic horror movie fashion, Michael W. appears behind Snake Eyes, rips his mask off, says, I want you to know it was me, and then knocks him unconscious with the butt end of a flashlight. It does work that way, unfortunately, for Snake Eyes. He's not dead, but he is taken out of the battle. Congratulations, Michael W. You just got yourself a win on the Who Would Win show. Wow, what a great battle. Congrats, Michael W. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now, back to the turning point. Robert, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? I mean, first off, I, I feel bad for complimenting Ray on his sharp jibes earlier because two really, really low blows here, uh, saying that Homelander from The Boys has a more powerful heat vision than Superman. That is, my, my goodness, that is a horrible thing to say about Superman. The Frigga as his mom, that's also, but that is, I, I don't think we need to go there. It's not that kind of show. It's a family-friendly show. We're trying to uh, have fun here, not uh, not just be real mean. All right, all right. I I feel like this round, uh, I don't normally like the uh, oh uh, he'll go there where uh, uh, argument where you know someone who is uh, meaner or more vicious or whatever is willing to do whatever it takes to win a battle, whereas the other person won't. But in this case, I mean, I really do feel like. Thor just lives for fighting, and uh, Superman honestly feels like he'll use any excuse to not fight. Clearly, Thor's not a bad guy. He's not going to want to go all out on him, and if he's, you know, uh, um, if he's not going to want to uh, fight and kill Batman, he's not going to want to fight and kill the beautiful Chris Hemsworth. So I feel like I feel like Thor's. Uh, Really, really edged Superman out this round, and it's uh, it's pretty close, pretty close. I would say I, I I need to hear what that killing blow is from Thor because James did lay out some some really solid evidence that uh, Superman's very durable, and uh, it's going to take something special from Thor to uh, take him take him down because Superman is unquestionably more powerful than Thor. Wow. Now that's a crazy statement to make. One that I agree with, by the way. Okay. This is getting very interesting. Ray, hit us with your point number three. Point number three for MCU store. And this is where he really brings it home is just the raw number of feats that he's done in all of the movies that he's been in. Because the thing about Superman and the DCEU is you have to come in believing He's super powerful because all of the feats around him are just people doing things or not doing things to him, but not really showing that power in other ways against other people. He fights Zod a whole bunch of times, kind of even back and forth a lot of the time, but we don't really see Zod do anything else. So we don't have a lot of comparison. We just happen to believe that he is strong. Maybe both are not quite as strong as we make them out to be. Let's not forget in that Justice League scene where the Flash is trying to run around him and he turns his head, he's being held by Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Cyborg, who just zooms in and just grabs him by the shoulder for some weird reason. I thought he was faster than light, James. Why was Cyborg able to get in and get a grab on him? That's what I don't understand about this version of Superman. 
He's allegedly powerful and then shows many times that he is not. Now, Thor, we've seen him straight up just punch the ground and that caused seismic shifts that decimated a city block around him. We've seen Superman uh, destroy buildings as well, but it's more of a direct way, not such an indirect way. That's how powerful that Thor is. And let's not forget, he's powered by magical lightning. As his father Odin said, are you the god of hammers? You are not. So he has, once he becomes awakened at the end of Thor Ragnarok, he kind of goes into his alpha form, his super saiyan form, whatever you want to call it. His power takes on a whole other level that does that it just keeps getting bigger and bigger as we've seen him since then. But even if he didn't have his powers, he's such a good fighter. A depowered Thor in the first Thor movie took down an entire military base just to get to Mjolnir. Superman doesn't have the fighting talent to get that done. And if we can agree that the strength and the speed are at least conceivably near each other, the better trained fighter, the one who uses maneuvers and doesn't rely on lazy punches and his own strength, that's the guy that's actually going to win. Thor took his hammer and destroyed the rainbow bridge while he was on it, an essential part of Asgardian transportation thought to be unbreakable Well, he was able to take it out. Let's not forget, he caught up to the Avengers jet very fast, knocked Iron Man down, grabbed Loki and flew off in like two seconds. He was able to get that done. Hulk tried to punch him early on and he caught the Hulk punch and then knocked Hulk through a steel wall. These are the things he can do. If you can catch Hulk's punch with your hand, stop it from hitting you, you have a good chance against a one-dimensional fighter like DCEU's Henry Cavill Superman. In, in the Avengers Age of Ultron movie, it was his shot that blew up the entire falling island of what, Sokovia? He blew up the entire island with a one-shot from his hammer and was fine afterwards. He blew up a continent with his hammer and walked away safely. What is Superman going to do to him that he will be able to put him down with? He threw Stormbreaker straight into Thanos's chest. Remember that? And that was uh, Thanos with the Infinity Stones, at least some, most of them, and shoved it into his chest and got it done and got it to work. And this is a very highly powered Thanos. We did not see a feat like that on General Zod from Superman or Doomsday from Superman or, I don't know, Steppenwolf, I guess, at the end when he was already beaten. But so what? When he got awakened, he was able to take the heat blast from a neutron star while holding those two uh, uh, things in order to craft the new weapon Stormbreaker. He took way hotter than the heat vision and he took it for like, what, three minutes straight? Cut down for time for the movie. But I think they said he would have to hold it for three to five minutes to make the sword actually forge. That's beyond anything Superman has shown us in any of his moves, in any of his films. I'm sorry. He caught Zeus's lightning bolt and threw it back through his chest, effectively killing him. He didn't because it's a god, but he effectively killed him if it was a who would win battle. That's Zeus, god of gods, in his own weapon. His own weapon. So based on all of these crazy things that he survived, done, and characters that he has beaten, I don't see how this depowered version of Superman, who's allegedly powerful but never shows it, it's left to your imagination, I don't see any way that Thor loses this battle, and that's my point number three. 
You know, I'd love to go to, and I, I really wouldn't, but I'd love to go with a movie to a movie with uh, Ray, and we watch it, and you know, like Star Wars or you know, Return of the Jedi, where the Death Star blows up, whatever, and Ray's like, "Wow, the Death Star—they succeeded in killing all those evil janitors of the Death Star." At the end of that movie, and I'd be like, "Great, you missed the point completely. That's not what happened. It, that must have been something similar to what you, what you were witnessing when, you, or what was going through your mind when you're watching the Justice League movie. Look." In the Justice League movie, the scene you're describing, Superman with his shirt off, he's been resurrected. He's not being held by the Justice League. He's holding on to them. Aquaman jumps at him and Superman catches him. Wonder Woman comes at him. Superman captures Wonder Woman. Cyborg is trying to push him to no effect whatsoever. And he's just holding the Justice League back or holding the other two people in place like it's nothing, showing his insane power. That's what was happening. Look, Thor's power, by the way, Mjolnir and what have you. In the MCU, Thor and Loki, there's pivotal scenes where they state that, you know, the supposed magic isn't magic whatsoever. It's super science that's so advanced, it appears magical. But it is science-based. It's not magic-based. This is not something that's going to affect Superman anywhere close to, like, how magic affects him in the comic books. And in terms of Sokovia, when Thor powered up and destroyed Sokovia, that was impressive. But, Ray, it was the city of Sokovia, not the country, not the continent. It was the immediate city of Sokovia, Still impressive, but a city. Let's just keep, kind of keep that under on, on um, under a basis of understanding. And finally, last part, the heat blast, the, the 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 heat that came from the neutron star, that power that took out Thor. And luckily, Thor was resurrected in that really cool scene with Stormbreaker. I love that, by the way. But that heat blast from the neutron star that took him out, it was a dying neutron star. It wasn't full blast. But what would that have done to Superman? Oh, that's right. It would have powered him up immensely. We can't say the same thing. He couldn't take that because Superman would take that easily and come back better for it. Now, let me get to my point number three. And in my point number three, I'm going to talk about Thor's weaknesses. He's got some. Superman's upgrade that not a lot of people understand and most don't know about. And the one key thing that may upset a lot of people, maybe. All right, let's talk about Thor's weaknesses. Now, Thor, I love the character. He's amazing. And this is part of why I love it, because he comes back from losses. Because he's lost a lot. He lost to Gore, the God Butcher. Remember, Gore actually succeeded and going to infinity and kind of resurrecting his daughter, he actually beat Thor in that regard. Uh, let's see, Thor lost to his sister, uh, Hela, or Hela, however you pronounce it. He lost to Thanos, as we saw at the beginning of Avengers Infinity War, where, you know, Thor's like all kind of, you know, tied up with those cables, you know, and Thanos just comes over and starts crushing his head. That's a pretty good uh, loss right there. Um, and part of why he loses is because he's very overconfident. How many times has overconfidence led him to vastly underestimate his opponents in the films? quite a bit. And by the way, that's why we love the character because sometimes he's a little you know, overconfident, a little goofy, but he does it in such a great charismatic way that we just want to see what happens. Now, on top of all that, Thor, I've already mentioned before, he can't really fly. He can jump super high, he can jump super far, but he can't fly to orbit in three seconds like Superman can. He's not as agile or as fast in the air as Superman even when he has Mjolnir. All of this means that Superman has a major advantage while fighting in air. And as Ray Stekanus himself has said many times over, whoever can fly has a distinct advantage fighting someone who cannot remember Superman flew out of the pole of the phantom zone in the man of steel, which was as powerful as a black hole. That's some insane power. On top of that, if Thor drops his hammer axe, he loses a lot of access to his powers and abilities. I don't think that's a big deal because he has a great way of getting it back. Plus he's super powerful too. But let's talk about what happened in the justice league movie that for some reason, a lot of people don't acknowledge. I don't know why, which is Superman's insane power upgrade. So in the justice league movie, when Superman came back to life, a lot of people didn't realize he had a serious upgrade in power, all of his powers. Let's break this down a little bit. Wonder Woman, who we saw in her second movie, was able to lasso lightning and move just as fast as it, 
which at best is the level of super speed we saw Thor move at his peak, you know, was something that Wonder Woman could do. Now, when Wonder Woman fought Steppenwolf, the main villain of the Justice League, Steppenwolf could at least match her in speed, sometimes even go faster. So he's got equivalent speed to Thor using that logic. But what happened when Steppenwolf tried to fight Superman, as we saw, he literally couldn't lay a finger on him at all. And according to Zack Snyder, Superman's Justice League movie, you know, the, the, the travel speed in which Superman can move is also the same as his combat speed. We've talked about this before, which means he can fight as fast as he can fly, which again is insanely fast. Now, keep in mind, Steppenwolf was classified as a moonbreaker. How do I know? Well, well, it's time for some movie trivia, by the way. We see in Man of Steel, just for a moment, that one of Krypton's moons in the background is shattered and destroyed. Evidently, that was due to a battle between the original Doomsday and Steppenwolf, where they fought to a draw. Again, their battle that ended in a draw destroyed one of Krypton's moons. Now, on a side note, this is why I kind of wish people would spell out a little bit more of these really cool facts so we understand the power level of characters, as opposed to making us have to go back and research this. It's kind of crazy. So when Superman is brought back to life, he is much, much more powerful than before, and that's according to Zack Snyder. We saw him take a Moonbreaker-class character like Steppenwolf, completely ragdoll him. His heat vision was way more powerful. His speed increased, and toying with Steppenwolf was insanely easy for him. And that Steppenwolf, who was fighting and getting the upper hand against the rest of the Justice League, that was Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, The Flash, Batman. The Justice League couldn't match him, but Superman easily outclassed a Moonbreaker-class character, which at best is what Thor's power level is at. And remember, when Superman tanks Superman's electrical axe to the shoulder, that really cool scene Cyborg's trying to deal with the mother boxes, Superman had to pull apart the mother boxes, which took planetary-level strength. And when Steppenwolf came at Cyborg and Superman comes in at super speed and just tanks the axe like it's nothing and then looks at it and says, like, not impressed, uses his arctic breath just a little bit on the axe and it freezes completely. He breaks this because it's so brittle and kicks him away. So you got to ask yourself a question. Could Thor have done the same thing and just stood there and tanked the axe to the shoulder like it was nothing? And the answer, unfortunately, is definitely not. And finally, just to make things even more interesting, there is a very good chance. I mean, a very good chance. That just like Steve Rogers, Captain America, and Avengers Endgame, Superman may be able to pick up Thor's Mjolnir or Stormbreaker and use it because if anyone's worthy of the power of Thor, it's Superman. Again, I'm not putting a lot of faith into it, but it's kind of a fun thing to think about. Look, with the advantage of flight, durability, and most importantly, speed, that's on a level that Thor can't even come close to approaching with a win over someone who can break a moon. Superman comes out the winner after an amazing fight in a movie that breaks all box office records that finally merges DC and Marvel into one universe because that's what we all want. Isn't that true? That's why MCU Thor loses. That's why Henry Cavill's Superman wins. And that is my point number three. I disagree with so much what you said. Look, I love Superman. I think he's an icon. He's a hero to us all. And this Henry Cavill version, as much as I love the actor, and I think he's a very, very talented, look, he plays Warhammer, so I know he's cool. Uh, but what I would say about all of this is that he's just done dirty by his movies. You know, they talked about how in the Batman movies that like George Clooney was a good Batman in some in a rough Batman movie. That's sort of how I feel about Henry Cavill. They just didn't give him a lot to work with, you know, whether it's the what the Jesse Eisenberg uh, Lex Luthor version. That's that doesn't click that was with rough. anybody that that, that was yeah, rough. That, that was rough. But it, it, DCEU has a villain problem that the MCU doesn't MCU. Busted out the big guns, Ultron, Thanos, you know, uh, the, all these fantastic characters, you know, Malekith even is, is pretty decent, but Malekith would be like the top level of person that he, that Henry Cavill faced the DCU. You know, you've got a really weird version of Doomsday who, you know, killed Superman, but you, you don't have any of the heavy hitters at all. You got Steppenwolf, who I still thought 
uh, you know, made the magic carpet ride song. I didn't even know he was a supervillain until many years after that movie came out. And who else has he really faced? General Zod played well by Michael Shannon. Sure. Just DC just didn't use their top tier villains. Where was Darkseid, you know? Where was Brainiac? Where's the people that would actually show off what Superman is capable of? Superman never was challenged in these movies. So unfortunately, he never had to do very much. Steppenwolf in that fight scene you talked about also got ragdolled by Aquaman and Wonder Woman, uh, just beaten back and forth like a tennis ball at that point in the battle. So who knows? Who knows how powerful any of these characters are? The answer is Thor's done more, proven more, fought tougher villains, and has better feats. I'm not going to argue that composite, whatever that means, Superman doesn't beat composite Thor. I think he does. But I think very specifically this version of Thor has done plenty enough to show that he would take down the killed-in-his-own-movie version of Superman that we're talking about today. Ah, you know, this is why I love these battles. You and I both agree to disagree so much, and that's why we have a great judge uh, helping us to uh, at least come to some type of conclusion. Robert, it's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Henry Cavill Superman and Chris Hemsworth Thor. Whew. I tell you what, you've de you've definitely sold me on uh, the power of Henry Cavill Superman. Ray has rightly gone at it because if you compare literally anything to uh, Golden or Silver Age Superman, you know he's pulling around galaxies. He's shooting little homunculi out of his hands. He's doing all sorts of crazy things. So naturally you get to uh, the movie version of him and he's not going to be as powerful, you know? Uh, so I, 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 I but uh, James, you did a real good job. And I heard uh, uh, enough things to convince me that Superman is crazy powerful. And, you know, the ultimate version of Superman I think even is stronger than this awakened Thor who's done a lot of things. I mean, hey, you destroy Bifrost, you're going to get some respect for that. Um, I, 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 but when we are talking about MCU Thor, you've got uh, someone who I would actually like to watch a movie about. Uh, <laughs> As you say, he has entertaining fights. He has uh, some interest. He has a personality that I am interested in and um, uh, concerned for. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm absolutely going to be rooting for uh, Thor in this fight. Uh, but as you say, he's he's got some overconfidence problems. Um, he... Uh, he did get his hair cut, and that is, that's rough. It is rough, because uh, long-haired uh, Luke Helmsworth is uh, a beautiful man. I think what will happen at the end, yes, there will be some uh, wild amalgam where uh, David Zaslov's WB finally goes under, uh, Disney purchases DC, creates an ultimate uh, MCDCEU, and we get the actual battle of Thor versus Superman, and they stand and bang. We've got uh, Stormbreaker uh, chopping away at Superman. 
We've got Superman shooting off uh, Heat Vision, which I don't think it matches up to a neutron star. I think uh, Thor takes that shot. He takes that shot. He delivers it back right down when you uh, get to the end of it as both of them are sweating and heaving and uh, on the ground just uh, doing that thing where they're both on their knees and they're still punching at each other. It's a a professional wrestling thing. It's delightful. Love it. Uh, (laughs) Just because Superman got killed in his own movie doesn't make him weak. A a superhero that doesn't die in their own movie is, uh, is not even worth Rankin. They don't go into any sort of superhero hall of fame. I I think Thor has the superior fighting skill, but I think Superman is just an unstoppable train and he's he's beaten people that also have superior skill. Just you know, he's not as interesting, but he's just more powerful. And at the end of the day, isn't that what every DC versus Marvel conflict comes down to (laughs) dc characters are stronger and marvel characters are the ones that i actually want to watch so yeah dcu superman takes this one go henry cavill uh bring back the mustache i want to see soups with a mustache (laughs) and there you have it an epic battle to start off season five won by me the world is a better place i was on a crazy losing streak i was not happy with how anything was going and leave it to Robert Clark Chan to see the truth in a battle. All I'm saying is, thank God I won this. I can breathe now. Things are great. I love the world. I love the Who Would Win show. And of course, Henry Cavill wins. And by the way, I do find him very interesting as well as Thor. All right, Ray Sicanus, you offered an amazing debate for season, for the first episode of season five. Where's your head at so far? Or where's your head, I should say, with uh, the first loss of the season? You know, the first time that I battled against Superman on the Who Would Win show, I destroyed him. I came up with an absolutely brilliant strategy to defeat the most powerful version of Superman that the world has ever seen, and I won that battle. I have since then now faced Superman two different times, two different iterations of Superman, and I have fallen in both of those battles, and I think incorrectly so in both. And now today, where I feel very disappointed that Robert Clark Chan, of all judges, Robert Clark Chan, uh, who the, the, the Legion of Audience deeply respects, couldn't get over the, but he's Superman aspect of this uh, battle. And of course, hashtag Ray was robbed as a result. Chan, uh, this is season five. These, these, these lackluster decisions are not going to stand in season five. Uh, we need better judging. And I have to believe the people are behind me. My argument was better. My character is better. And you just couldn't get over the simple fact that James said the word Superman during his battle. Ray, your argument was more entertaining, but James had the facts on his side and I will always side with the facts. I disagree. I did have the facts and I was more entertaining. By the way, Ray, here's the deal. You did great today. You did fantastic. Would be two things I wouldn't say about today's performance on your part. And you came up with the loss. You know why I love it so much? Because this perfect season you've been wanting to have forever, ever since you joined the Who Would Win show and made it much better, mind you, just couldn't happen and already can't happen for season five. I can walk away right now and be very happy. Ray, what are you going to do to improve for the rest of the season? What do you mean improve? I'm already great. 
There's nothing left to improve. I'm just going to keep being great. And I won the last season of Who Would Win by more wins than anyone in the history of the show. So, James, what are you going to do to improve yourself is what I will ask. I think I already showed what I'm going to do in today's episode. Ray Cicadas got the win. That's how you start off season five. Look, the real reason why today was such a success was because of our judge, Robert Clark Chan. Robert, you are a delight. You are an amazing judge. Thank you for coming on the show. Please come back many, 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 many times this season and tell our audience, the Legion of Lions, our fan base, where they can find you online. I mean, of course I want to be back. You cannot get rid of me now. Uh, That's true. I hope that you all will come uh, check out some of my other podcasts, Knowing is Half the Podcast, uh, AE Double Back. Those are both fine and enjoyable shows. But I do hope people uh, try out this new uh who would win fantasy league that we got going? Um, we've got an email, www.fantasyleague at gmail.com, or you can just DM us and uh, we'll sign you up and uh, we'll find out who the real who would win fans are. Uh, we'll be voting every week and it's going to be super fun. So, uh, yeah, check that out. We should, everyone should do it. Legion of Audience, I hope you do this. I can't wait to play this game with all of you. Now, race to Cadence, all joking aside, you did great today. Um, I love the fact that season five is just coming in. We're, we're starting season five with such great momentum from number of listens and downloads, social media posts, engagement, just people loving the Who Would Win show. And that isn't a great part. Thanks to you. I just want to recognize that even though you lost. And I want to just kind of provide an example of how to be a gracious winner, which hopefully will be something you emulate this season when the odd time you do get the win. With that being said, tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you online. You insult me, James Gavsey. I shouldn't have to be a gracious loser because I shouldn't ever lose a battle. I'm sitting here disgusted by what I see before me. And I don't know, we're opening season five with Superman versus Thor, one of the biggest, you know, most discussed matchups ever. We're going to have to really actually ramp it down for season five. I mean, you can't get bigger than what we just did. We're going to have to go Kool-Aid Man versus Twinkie the Kid next week. For all the marbles, so get your hot dogs in the microwave and be ready for this battle when we make it happen. This has been obviously a disappointing match. Hashtag Ray was robbed. Hashtag Ray is right. And I just want all you Rainiacs, all you hashtag awkward allies out there to understand this will not be the norm. This will not be what we see commonly on the show. We're going to see a lot of Ray victories. James isn't going to be able to hide behind Superman every single battle. We just had to take one uh, that we were kind of wanting to do for Showdown September. We put it up to the Patreon fans. We said, would you like to see this particular battle in Showdown September? And they answered with a resounding, no, we want Elsa versus Sub-Zero for Mortal Kombat. Who knows? <laughs> the, the, the people can be strange when you ask them a question sometimes. What I'm trying to get at is, this is going to be the biggest season in Who Would Win Show history, and you know I'm going to be bringing the weird every single time. Let this be a speed bump. Let this just be give James some charity here on a lovely week one evening. You know I'm coming back, and I'm coming back hard. Find me on Twitter, at Almighty Ray. Listen to Reclaim Detroit, a vampire of the masquerade audio drama. New episodes coming in 2023. Find them at Vampire Detroit. Ah, there you have it. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabs. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. 
Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Race Decanus, and the rest of the amazing Hooligan production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, Give it up, Jimmy. You gotta sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hey, gang. I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash who would win show right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.